1: Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show.
2: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a look at the headline news in these first two segments. James Blend will join me for the second two segments of this first hour, and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. And I'll also let you know about a gift I received earlier today. I'm pretty excited about it. And in the second hour of today's program, The Christian Outlook, we'll be featuring theologian Carl Truman about the pending confirmation, at least at the time the interview took place, of soon-to-be Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. We'll hear from Michael Youssef. The program uh, he hosts is leading the way. He's going to talk about the cultural and sexual revolution pressures that have been Um, made on certain segments of the professing church. And Bob Burney will talk about pending pro-abortion legislation in states like Maryland and California that would essentially provide for infanticide and the eerie parallel to a story out of North Korea. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program as part of Christian outlook. But first, the headlines. Well, the White House today celebrated the confirmation of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court from the Rose Garden, saying she will inspire greatness uh, generations of leaders for years to come. The president praising um, Republican senators who set aside partisanship, in quotes, to vote in favor of his nominee. It's always interesting how noble uh, an individual is when they go your way and how They're villains if uh, they go against you. If you think about the last two Supreme Court nominees and how they were treated, it's really quite remarkable how quickly we can switch from one thing to another. Jackson's family, the president, the first lady, vice president, and second gentleman attended the Rose Garden ceremony on Friday, along with a number of uh, cabinet secretaries, including Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, Walsh rather, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Marcia Fudge, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona and more. The first really smart decision I made in this administration, President Biden said on Friday, this is not only a sunny day. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. This is going to let so much shine. Such shine on so much, so many young women. This is a direct quote. So many young black women, so many minorities, end quote. Well, the president said that this is a moment of real change in American history. Well, the truth is, while she is the first African-American female, she will be replacing a liberal justice. So it won't really represent much change in terms of the work that she has been assigned to do, although some predict she may be further left than the man she's replacing. Vice President uh, Harris, before the president began his remarks, said that the confirmation of the first black woman to the United States Supreme Court will inspire generations of leaders. They will watch your confirmation hearings and read your decisions in the years to come. The Vice President said, "The court will answer fundamental questions about who we are and what kind of country we live in. Will we expand opportunity or restrict it? Will we strengthen the foundations of our great democracy or let them crumble?" Well, Jackson, after the president's remarks, said it is the great honor of my life to be here with you at this moment and extended her heartfelt thanks to the many, many people who have helped me be as part of this incredible journey. First and always, I have to give thanks to God for delivering me. She said, as I said at the outset, I have come this far by faith and know that I am truly blessed To the many people who have lifted me up in prayer since the nomination, I am very grateful. She also thanked the president for believing in her and honoring her with the extraordinary chance to serve her country. Thank you also, Madam Vice President, for your wise counsel and steady guidance. And thank you to the First Lady and the Second Gentleman for the care and warmth that you have shown me and my family. She also thanked each member of the Senate. She added, I'm um, feeling up to the task primarily because I know that I am not alone. Again, celebrating her nomination. Well, the question is, when will Katanji Brown Jackson, the judge soon to be justice, be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice? She'll replace, of course, Justice Stephen Breyer after the Supreme Court's current term. Uh, she was confirmed for the court yesterday afternoon. The vote was 53 to 47 in the Senate, but she's not a justice yet. Uh, Judge Jackson will have to wait until either late June or early July before she can take her seat on the Supreme Court because Justice Stephen Breyer is still sitting in. Uh, Breyer did, uh, didn't step down immediately when he announced his retirement in January but instead said that he would leave the court at the end of its current term. I am writing to tell you that I have decided to retire from regular active judicial service as an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. He wrote to the President. I intend um, this decision to take effect when the court rises for the summer recess this year, assuming uh, that uh, by then my successor has been nominated and confirmed. Now, some would say that he was literally pushed out of his seat. There were some on the left who insisted it was time for him to retire. He insisted that he wasn't ready for retirement, but he made the announcement. Breyer's decision gave the president and Democrats plenty of time to choose and confirm his successor, which they did on Thursday with nearly three months to spare. Well, the verdict is in with their options rather limited. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences Board of Governors have just decided that Will Smith will not be able to attend the Oscars for 10 years for slapping Chris Rock on stage at the 94th Academy Awards on March the 27th. Now, my question is, is that really a punishment? You don't have to sit through the Oscars. Most of America has decided they're not interested. They don't watch them. So I'm not sure this is really a punishment. I would think maybe requiring that he attend for the next 10 years would be more of a punishment. But that's just my opinion. The board has decided for a period of 10 years from April 8th, 2022, Mr. Smith shall not be permitted to attend any Academy events or programs in person or virtually, including but not limited to the Academy Awards. Um they went on to say smith's unacceptable and harmful behavior in a letter to the full membership after the contentious 9 a.m. pacific time starting virtual meeting today concluded we also hope that this begins um, this can begin a time of healing and restoration for all involved and impacted they added at the end of their letter i accept and respect the academy's decisions smith said in a succinct statement um soon after the decision was made not that there was a lot more the uh, board In fact, which uh, included Steven Spielberg, uh, Ava DuVarnay, Laura Dern, Whoopi Goldberg, among its current rosters, could actually do. Seeing where this debacle was uh, likely going to end up, Smith made a chess move on the 1st of April and immediately resigned from the organization. So the, the decision is in and he will not be permitted to attend not just the Oscars, but any event sponsored by the Academy. In other news, former President Obama was mocked on Twitter for presenting a revisionist history about his record with Russia. The families of Americans held in Russia's custody say they're hopeful the Ukraine conflict will not stymie their efforts to bring their loved ones home. Let's hope they're right. South Carolina's top court will allow the execution of a man to proceed after the death chamber was renovated for executions by firing squad. The Senate Thursday, as I mentioned, confirmed Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court in a 53-47 vote. She will remain Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson until she is sworn in to the court, uh, most likely sometime this summer. In another example of Soros money, George Soros and his daughter, Andrea Soros-Colombeau, are bankrolling two entities supporting far-left politicians who back defunding the police. Surprised? Well, we shouldn't be. Mike Pompeo says his decision on a presidential run will depend on if he believes this is the moment where he can best serve America. In a case of media malpractice, cable news pundits who famously signed a letter claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation won't admit they were wrong. Weighing her legal options, The View co-host Sunny Hostin said her family contemplated suing the Trump administration for the death of her in-laws from COVID-19. CNN's Brian Stetler was visibly uncomfortable when confronted by a college freshman, a college freshman about his network being a purveyor of disinformation. He didn't actually address the question that was skillfully posed. Establishing a no tweet zone, the New York Times issued a memo announcing a Twitter reset and emphasized that tweeting or subtweeting about colleagues was not allowed. Subtweeting. I'll have to ask James about that. Keith Olbermann uh, lost it on The Washington Post, blasting the paper for giving free space to former President Donald Trump by interviewing him. Free space. So you can't actually interview the opponent. While illegal alien apprehensions are already very high, the Biden uh, regime is about to blow the hinges off the door. That'll take place in May. Tucker Carlson reminds that Wednesday, Biden suggested the U.S. might soon be in a hot war with nuclear armed Russia. That means an actual boots on the ground war, warning the most reckless, um, uh, that the most reckless among us are fully in charge. Greg Gutfeld points out that it's incredible. The media, Democrats, intel uh, services are working together like a shadow government, one that, unlike our government, actually gets things done. James J. Carafano reminds that shortly before Vladimir Putin launched his Ukraine invasion, General Mark Milley told Congress the country would fall in 72 hours. And Greg Jarrett also reminds that special counsel John Durham produced three documents that seemed to prove conclusively that Clinton's lawyer lied and memorialized his lie in writing. Was that my signal, James? Am I out of time? All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show.
1: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast, is aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
2: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. We're continuing to work our way through some of the uh, the day's headlines. In Florida, versus Disney, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and some Republican state legislators have floated the idea of repealing the development plans funded as part of the Reedy Creek Improvement Act. I the state's ongoing feud with Disney. This establishes Disney World as something like the Vatican. It's immune from the laws and regulations that everybody else must up, uh, must follow. In education versus charters. The Department of Education is waging war on charter schools with proposals making it tougher to receive startup grants. School choice advocates warn Judge Katanji Brown was confirmed and um, has been uh, uh, will be on the Supreme Court was uh, confirmed with the help of three Republicans. And Russian Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov admits we've taken significant losses, calling it a huge tragedy. Six Russian major generals have reportedly been killed in the war, along with several other senior Russian officers. Several outlets, as well as some Ukraine, have reported, including Russian state TV, the New York Times and the Daily Mail. NATO estimates as many as 40,000 Russian troops have been killed, injured or captured since the start of the war, which the Center for Strategic and International Studies said was about 25 percent of its initial attacking force. Vladimir Putin's press secretary, Dmitry Peskov, says it's a huge tragedy to us to have lost Russian troops during the war with Ukraine. Russia has been suspended from the U.N. Human Rights Council. Uh, the The Associated Press reports the U.N. General Assembly voted Thursday to suspend Russia from the world organization's leading human rights body over allegations of horrific rights violations by Russian soldiers in Ukraine, which the United States and Ukraine have called tantamount to war crimes. It was a rare, if not unprecedented, rebuke against one of the five veto wheeling members of the U.N. Security Council. The Daily Mail reports more than 90 countries voted to kick Moscow off the council after an American led drive, while 24, including the despotic regimes of China, Syria, Belarus and Zimbabwe, all Russian closet allies voted against the measure. Nearly 60 countries, including India, which continues to buy weapons from Russia, abstained. Nikki Haley points out on Twitter, today's U.N. vote kicking Russia off the U.N. Human Rights Council is the right thing to do. When you give war criminals a seat at the table, the council loses all credibility. Now do Venezuela, Cuba and China. Well, Twitter employees are fearful of Elon Musk because Musk has provided a wake up call. Within hours of the surprise disclosure this week that he the self-described free speech abolitionist Acquired enough shares to become the top Twitter shareholder, political conservatives began flooding social media with calls for the return of Donald Trump. When Musk on the um, uh, with him on the social media board, the employee said that his views on um, moderation could weaken years long efforts to make Twitter a place of healthy discourse and might also uh, might allow trolling and mob attack to flourish. So censorship is what they want to protect. Dennis Prager says, well, it's not a news organization. It's fake social medium. It's fake. It's a anti-free speech, the most important freedom that humans can have. You lose all dignity when you cannot say what you think. Twitter is a despicable organization run by despicable cowards. And Elon Musk is doing something about it. You can read more of Dennis Prager's comments um, at Daybreak Daily. Hugh Hewitt says, "Some Musk is at... Twitter's door with a wake up call now who will uh, who will do the same for the rest of the, the country's purveyors of news and opinion. That was published in the Washington Post. California Senate Bill 960 will allow illegals to become law enforcement officers. The bill proposed by Senator Nancy Skinner in California would remove the provision that an individual must be a citizen or permanent resident of the United States in order to become a police officer. The bill makes no distinction between legal and illegal immigrants. So if you are a lawbreaker, you can be a law enforcement officer in California. The bill reads existing laws with certain exceptions prohibits a person who is not a citizen of the United States from being appointed as a member of the California Highway Patrol. This bill would remove that prohibition and would make um, conforming changes. Growing numbers of Americans are worried a great deal about crime. From the story in Gallup, Americans' concern about crime and violence in the U.S. has edged up in the past year. And for the first time since 2016, a majority, 53 percent, say they personally worry a great deal about crime. Another 27 percent report they worry a fair amount, which places the issue near the top of the list of 14 national concerns behind only inflation and the economy. By 2023, Canada plans to provide medically assisted suicide for those with Irredeemable mental illness. From March 2023, people suffering from disorders including depression, bipolar disorders, and PTSD will be able to seek doctor-assisted deaths if they're suffering from unbearable psychological pain. Uh, the majority of people seeking made, as its uh, the initials um, applied would be, are cancer sufferers. And the move to expand the service has caused deep divides among mental health professionals. From National Post, how do you define grievous and irredeemable in psychiatry? Is it possible to conclude with any certainty or confidence that a mental illness has no prospect of ever improving? What has been done, what has been uh, tried, uh, is it enough? A bipartisan group of senators are seeking to keep Title 42 in place to deal with border crisis. A group of Democratic senators on Thursday joined Republican lawmakers in introducing a measure that would temporarily block the administration's plan to end pandemic related restrictions to allow border authorities to quickly expel migrants. President Biden has extended the student loan repayment pause. The president said today said today my administration is extending the pause on federal student loan repayment through August 31st, 2022. Market Watch reports that the extension has allowed millions of American borrowers to postpone payments during the pandemic. Student loan payments were originally set to resume May the 1st. And again, Hugh Hewitt weighing in, everyone should be willing to tell everybody, no, you borrowed the money, you pay the money back. And if you have to go bankrupt, you have to go bankrupt and you start over again. It takes seven years. We understand that. It's not You're not just uh, you're not going to jail if you default on your loan, but not letting. But well, he goes on the lesson. uh, Joe Biden is teaching people is remarkable. U.S. consumer debt rose by forty two billion dollars in February, over 11 percent annually. A judge has acquitted a uh, J6 protesters. That's January 6th. Dealing a blow to other Justice Department cases on Thursday, D.C. District Court Judge Trevor Um, from the Justice Department um, found Matthew Martin not guilty on all four counts the Justice Department had raised against him for his involvement in the Capitol riot last January. We'll see how this, or whether it impacts other cases. Two men arrested for impersonating federal agents got close to the Secret Service. These men were recently arrested by the FBI in Washington and charged with impersonating federal agents for approximately two years. Um, The uh, the pair impersonated Department of Homeland Security agents and were able to successfully get close to several Secret Service agents who were assigned to the White House and on protection detail for the First Lady. The two in question plied several agents with gifts such as rent-free apartments, an iPhone, a flat-screen TV, and money for Secret Service agents have been put on leave pending the outcome of the investigation, and a cache of weapons has been found in the possession of these two men who are now in custody. Congress voted to strip Russia and Belarus of most favored nation trade status. The GOP demands the experts who dismiss the Hunter Biden laptop fess up or face subpoenas. The Biden administration is giving cell phones to illegal immigrants Uh, to be used for tracking devices. And President Biden voted for an actual don't say gay amendment back in 1994. Speaker Pelosi and Senator Collins have tested positive for covid as an outbreak spread across officials in D.C. And vaccine effectiveness is fading, they tell us. Jen Sackey insists gender affirming health care for kids is best practice. And Disney Networks plan to air a PSA featuring a transgender child, beware parents, and shooting themselves in the foot or perhaps in the head. LA County Board of Supervisors bans official travel to Florida and Texas. Pretty soon they won't be able to go anywhere except for home. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up, we'll uh, take a look at the lighter side of the news. James Blend will join me to do just that.
1: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
2: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a look at some of the lighter side of the news, but before we do that, I want to tell you a few things that happened on this day in history. Beginning in 1864, the United States Senate passes 38 to 6 the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolishing slavery. Thank you, Jesus. The House of Representatives uh, would pass the measure in January of 1865. The amendment would be ratified and adopted in December of 1865. 1913, the 17th Amendment to the Constitution provided for popular election of U.S. senators as opposed to appointment by state legislatures. It's ratified. 1913, President Woodrow Wilson becomes the first chief executive since John Adams to address Congress in person as he asked lawmakers to enact tariff reform. 1952, President Harry S. Truman seizes the American steel industry to avert a nationwide strike. The Supreme Court would later rule that Truman had overstepped his authority. 1974, Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves hits the 715th career home run in a game against the Los Angeles Dodgers, breaking Babe Ruth's record. 1988, TV evangelist Jimmy Swaggart resigns from the Assemblies of God after he is defrocked for rejecting an order from the church's national leaders to stop preaching for a year amid reports he had consorted with unsavory individuals. I'll put it that way. 1990, Ryan White, the teenage AIDS patient, whose battle for acceptance had gained national attention, dies in Indianapolis at age 18. 2009, Somali pirates hijacked the U.S.-flagged Maersk, Alabama. Although the crew was able to retake the the cargo ship, the captain, Richard Phillips, is taken captive by the Raiders and held aboard a lifeboat. Phillips would be rescued four days later by Navy SEAL snipers who uh, shot three of the pirates dead. 2013, President Barack Obama warns Congress not to use delaying tactics against the tighter gun regulations, tells families of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting victims that he is determined as ever to honor their children with tougher laws. And finally, on this day in history, 2019, Representative Eric Swalwell, a Democrat from California, officially enters the 2020 White House race during an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Falwell's well, so presidential run would prove to be forgettable, and he would drop out four months later. Well, switching to the lighter side of the news, I welcome James Blend to the fold to join me in that endeavor. Why, well, thank you. You're certainly welcome. Did you see the gift I was uh, was given earlier today?
3: Yes, I did. Yes, I certainly did.
2: I am so excited. It's produced by the B Company, B-E-E. That's and a little it's, disturbing. It, <laughs> it's a Peeps cookie coop kid. It includes five peeps, chicks, um, icing to put the coop together, assorted candy, pre-baked sugar cookie panels, and cookie chicken figures. And you put it together like you would a gingerbread house during the Christmas holidays, only it's a chicken coop for peeps.
3: That is The epic. coolest
2: thing you have ever heard in your life? It's epic. The it's qu- epic.
3: The question is, though, when you put the peeps in the chicken coop, do they have to be properly prepared first or can you put them in fresh?
2: Well, in fact, I think that once you put them in, they'll dry out sooner because oh, I like true. a peep, a vintage peep that's actually had an opportunity to to dry out. And it's a little bit firmer. It's 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 more like a circus peanut when you're finished. Uh, so this would actually be the perfect place to um, I don't even know the word to use, but you, you dry out your peeps. So I can hardly wait to put this together. I'm so I'm, I should probably take a picture and put this on the website Absolutely. when I put it together.
3: pretty cool. Are, are you going to keep it in your office?
2: I don't know. I'll well, the thing is, I'll put it together at home, and I don't know if it'll travel well. well
3: that's true. And yeah. plus, let, you know, let's be honest. I need half of it anyway.
2: That's we, true. That's true. And it's, you um, know,
3: we we don't want to be tempted to just you know by this time next week. We're talking. Like, yeah, that that was great while well, it lasted.
2: <laughs> Which it didn't exactly it's put together by lincoln lock uh, makes it easier to build a little house so it's it should have um some construction ideas behind it so it'll stay together but i'm pretty excited about my peeps cookie coop kit
3: that is awesome
2: i have it with me here in studio i'm just going to stand it up where i can watch it through the remainder of the program because it's inspiring to me oh think of the peeps that will dry out in that little coop all right. Speaking of uh, drying out, uh, did you hear about the, the Capitol Hill fox?
3: No, I have not.
2: Yeah, there was a fox roaming wild on Capitol Hill. In fact, at the Capitol, it bit several people. They finally captured it, and it has been euthanized. They needed to test it to determine whether or not it had rabies, and I'll tell you more about that. But one of its uh, victims, Representative Ami Bera, a California Democrat uh, who was bitten, um was sad to hear the outcome. The uh, tale of the wild Capitol fox that bit a congressman, a reporter, and um, at least seven other people in Washington Tuesday came to an end after city health officials put it down and later confirmed it had in fact been infected with rabies. So if you thought COVID was bad, you don't want to have to go through the treatment if you've been bitten by something with rabies. Health officials in Washington, D.C. said the Fox captured Tuesday after reports of aggressive encounters around Capitol Hill was an adult female. Um, They captured its kits earlier this uh, this morning and we're still looking into what uh, what to do with them. The fox responsible for nine confirmed bites on Capitol Hill yesterday was captured and humanely euthanized so that rabies tests uh, could be done, and it is uh, confirmed that the fox did, in fact, have rabies.
3: Well, you you can't have more than one outbreak on Capitol Hill at a time. I think that's some type of law.
2: Yeah, that's probably true, although uh, Nancy Pelosi and several other members have now been...
3: That's what I'm saying. There's quite a few people at this point up there It's. A little bit of uh, super spreader activity going on Capitol Hill right now, so uh, I guess so. They don't need a fox as well.
2: Yeah, um, I don't. uh, I don't know what the treatment is, but it has a reputation of being rather unpleasant. If you've been,
3: I I think it. I I believe it's shots. Yeah, painful, painful shots. Painful shots, and a lot of them, or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Anyway, one member of Congress and a reporter, and quite a few other people, euthanized the the fox. A 60-year-old man allegedly um, had himself vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, if I ended there, it wouldn't be much of a story. But he had himself vaccinated against COVID-19, and this is from Berlin, Germany, 19 times. 19, oh, excuse me, dozens of times. Dozens of times in Germany in order to sell forged vaccination cards with real vaccine batch numbers to people not wanting to get vaccinated themselves. He took the shot dozens of times.
3: Yeah, I saw the number I saw was up to, they weren't positive, but potentially up to 90 yeah, times. Yeah,
2: up to 90 times. The man from Eastern Germany, uh, whose name was not released in line with German privacy rules, is said to have received up to 90 shots against COVID 19 at vaccination centers in the Eastern state of Saxony for months until criminal police caught him this month. The German news reported the suspect wasn't detained, but is under investigation for unauthorized issuance of vaccination cards and document forgery. He was caught at a vaccination center in Eilenburg in Saxony when uh, he showed up for a COVID-19 shot for the second day in a row. Same location, apparently. Police confiscated several blank vaccination cards from him and initial initiated criminal proceedings. So it did not go well for him. I can't even imagine having that much of the vaccine in your system. I mean, aside from being found and held responsible, what is that going to do to his body to have that much of the vaccine in him?
3: I, I don't want to know any, too much, you know, that much of anything. But uh, I mean, the good news is, I mean, if you know, if he's got ninety shots in him, that that uh, means you know the next. But eighty-eight boosters, he can sit out, (laughs) which really should keep him going till about the middle of twenty twenty-four.
2: If he, yeah, really, (laughs) if he doesn't drop dead in the meantime, it's not immediately third arm or something. Yeah, (laughs) not immediately clear what impact the approximate ninety shots of COVID nineteen vaccines will do. Uh, They were from different brands, Um, so he he has all kinds of stuff in his system.
3: I I will say this though, Um, I don't laugh at people's medical misfortunes at all. But it would be hard to not giggle a little bit if if he went out and caught COVID.
2: Well, I suppose he's still it's still a possibility.
3: I mean, he's probably got more you know vaccine in him than blood, but you know,
2: yeah, it's a possibility. A 19-acre, 7.7-hectare lot is for sale in Protected Bay on the Canadian side of Lake Erie, and may uh, may look like a steal at ninety-nine thousand. Um, Actually, it's eighty thousand dollars, eighty thousand two hundred and ninety two dollars, especially with the average home in Canada worth about six hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. But there is a catch. It's entirely underwater. The vacant lot on Brock Street in the village of Shrewsbury, Ontario, about 65 miles east of Detroit, has no actual address, though the neighborhood gets high marks for being quiet and car friendly. Uh, this property is presently underwater, but could have endless possibilities in the future. Be creative, the listing reads. The real estate agent representing the property declined to comment on what those future possibilities might be. A floating home, who knows? Canada's housing market has been uh, on a tear through the COVID-19 pandemic, with the average selling price of a home at 38.4% in, or I should say up 38.4% in May from a year earlier. Prices for vacant land have also climbed depending on location and other factors. That said, $80,292 is a pretty good price for property you can't actually access, but might someday or not.
3: I I mean, the good news is if you build there, you don't have to worry about putting in the pool.
2: That's true. Well, there's a savings right there. Exactly. Hey, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show, we're just looking at some of the lighter side of the news. We'll be back.
1: You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
2: Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. On a Friday afternoon, James Blend has joined me, and we're winding our way through some of the lighter side of the news. I always find it interesting when I read about things that have been left behind. New Jersey uh, has an airport, and TSA um, is responsible for collecting and, I suppose, analyzing things that have been left behind. And they have a weird airports fines list. A passenger at Atlanta City International Airport was caught trying to smuggle bullets inside a deodorant stick. Uh, While a passenger tried to bring what looked like an old-timey revolver through security in Newark uh, Liberty International Airport, Um, maybe leave your chainsaw at home this time, they're suggesting. Next time you're uh, concerned about possibly going over allowed limits on liquids for your flight, take comfort in knowing that people have tried to get away with bringing, well, far stranger and more concerning things to an airport. The Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, released the top 10 catches of 2021, and two New Jersey airports made that list. At number 10, a passenger at Atlanta City International Airport was caught trying to smuggle bullets inside a deodorant stick in September Um, The TSA called it a creative attempt to subvert security. But, of course, an X-ray machine can detect bullets. Coming in at number nine was Newark Liberty International Airport, where a passenger tried to uh, bring a long barreled revolver with a wooden grip through a security checkpoint in August. It was the type of handgun that you uh, might have seen pulled during one of several movie shootings of Butch Cassidy. Guns are not permitted to be carried through security checkpoints, the agency says. Guns of any type. Uh, any kind. The rest of the list had plenty of head scratching items on there as well. Perhaps none as strange as the and befuddling as the meth burrito found at the Hobby International Airport in Houston. It appeared um, that drugs were wrapped inside along with what seemed to be the standard ingredients for a burrito. Other items, a firearm buckle found in Honolulu International Airport in Hawaii, a cleaver cleaver at Harrisburg International Airport in Pennsylvania, bear spray at Elgin Air Force Base in Florida, a machete at Reagan Washington International in Virginia, fireworks at Syracuse Hancock International Airport, a wine holder that looked like a revolver at Sacramento International Airport, that's in California, and a chainsaw at New Orleans International Airport airport
3: every in 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 all your years of traveling have you ever uh, brought anything odd no well, that's good have you well i thought it was odd but it turned out not to be quite as odd as i thought um a, on a, on a trip to a rather famous now controversial amusement park in the country <laughs> um i i per, i built and purchased uh, what is known as a lightsaber from star wars oh and they give you a custom case for it that you can uh, that has a strap on it. It's a soft cloth case, and you can wear it over your back or on your shoulder, whatever. And, and then it then occurred to me, I have to fly home with this. And I'm thinking to myself, is this going to? I mean, you know, what what if the guy at TSA doesn't get it that that it's yeah it, you know, that it? And uh, so I was concerned about it until I got to to the airport where I saw about ten or twelve other people wandering <laughs> around with the same thing on their shoulder and. I, Okay, there, it's fine.
2: You know, I take it back. I have, uh, have actually traveled with something rather odd. I was in Serbia, and I, I, we stayed with a family that lived on a big lot. It was beautiful, lots of farming going on around it. And they used these um, pitchforks that were wooden, and they were handcrafted. I just thought they were incredible. So I bought two of them, thinking I'll mount it somewhere. And, you know, they're full-sized pitchforks. So I went someplace, I don't remember where, and had them wrapped fairly well. And I did get them back into the United States where they remain in my back garden. But these were the coolest Serbian garden forks, pitchforks, just the three tines. And it was all made of wood and um, no nails or anything. So it was put together really well and in kind of an old-fashioned way. So that was rather odd.
3: That would have looked interesting in the (laughs) x-ray.
2: It it would have, and I did have to do some explaining. Well, speaking of odd things, uh, New Jersey Beach uh, has listed some of the odd things that they found washed up. Braces, pills, fake eyeball, you know, just the usual stuff. Well, volunteers picked up a record amount of trash from the New Jersey beaches last year with plastic items dominating the hall, of course, and bizarre castoffs including a set of braces, a Turkish Airlines hygiene kit found in the sand as well. The Clean Ocean Action Coastal Environmental Group released its annual report on the results of the prior year's beach sweeps. Over 10,000 volunteers, uh, you know, like we have the cleanup here on our um, our beaches. There was a hunk of human hair, substantial enough that it made, a, uh, made the list, a full set of dentures, um, a thong, a bullet casing, A fake eyeball were among the items picked up. There was uh, also was a parking ticket, a lottery ticket, a glue stick, mini refrigerator, a toilet brush. I'm not sure I would have wanted to pick that one up. A TV remote control, a mason jar filled with, well, they weren't sure what it was filled with. They hoped it was liquor because the alternative was unthinkable. A plastic monkey and a set of rosary beads, possibly from someone praying for the... um, cast of characters that left all of these other items behind. All told 513,605 items collected last year, uh, the most ever since the beach sweeps started in 1985. Have you ever found anything odd on the beach?
3: No, I mean, I think the oddest thing I've ever found on the beach would be like a I don't know, a snail or a starfish or something.
2: Something that actually belongs there. Yeah, though. exactly. Maybe something
3: that didn't, that belonged in the water, at least.
2: Yeah, yeah. It didn't belong on the beach. And it is odd you find something washed up and sometimes wonder what on earth it is, what's the story behind it, how far it's come, if it's, you know, something that was locally left behind or something that came across Well, and I the thought, ocean. I
3: mean, I'm, I'm just surprised that, 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 you know, they're doing cleanup, because I thought the general rule, especially here in Oregon, was if you find something on the beach, you blow it up.
2: <laughs> well, that's only if it's a whale.
3: Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was just a whale, right? Yeah.
2: Well, it's uh, always interesting to see how kids answer difficult questions, especially in an academic setting. Hilarious um, test answers um, that were too brilliant to be wrong made the list of a said um, test answers. And I wanted to share a few of them with you. Uh, one of the questions that was posed in a test, this is in an elementary school, what ended 1896? Clearly, this is a history class. What ended in 1896 and what was uh, significant about it? The answer? 1895. Wow. Uh, Another one... Not um, factually incorrect. That's true. What ended in 1896 would have been before.
3: That's true. There's really no technical crossover, so to speak.
2: Yeah. And then there's this, you know, the symbols for less than and greater than. Yep. Uh, The test had the word right, less than, or greater than next to these numbers. So A was 0.5. Then a place to put your answer, 1.0. Is it less than or greater than? So the answers were 0.5 or 1.0. 3.2 or 3. They didn't recognize the symbols for less than or greater than. They answered or for every one of the uh, the questions being asked. Didn't quite get it. Where was the American Declaration of Independence signed? At the bottom. At the bottom.
3: That, that that one I saw coming.
2: <laughs> draw a... Uh, I mean, you have to be pretty clear with these kids. Draw a plant cell and identify its most important parts. Well, there's a flower behind bars. No windows. And it says, you know, identify the most important parts. Well, a cell has no windows and there are iron bars. That was the answer to the draw a plant cell and identify its most important parts. Explain the phrase... Free press. The answer, when your mom irons trousers for you. Another question. What is the highest frequency noise that a human can register? The answer, Mariah Carey. These are actual <laughs> test, wow. re- test results. Explain how you found your answer in problem four. So there was a series of, of problems, and you are now asked to explain how you arrived at your answers. And the question math <laughs> not explaining how math was used but just saying it was math and then there's a picture of a boy sitting at a piano cause tony practices the piano 20 minutes every day effect the answer was he is a big nerd that was the answer given by the uh, by the student here's one um Why are there rings around Saturn? Because God liked it so much that he put a ring on it. (laughs) And the teacher wrote, Saturn is not a single lady. Referring, of course, to the Beyonce song. Here's another one. Um, Find the difference between eight and six. What is the difference between eight and six? The answer, eight is all curly and six is not. I think that's a pretty good answer
3: that's weak that's one that one's weak
2: <laughs> and then what what about this one? A serious, a sober question. What do you think is the best solution for overpopulation? Support your argument with examples. The answer the hunger games. kids clearly watch too much t v you think here's the question: Is there enough information in the Table, and there's a table that the student would see to estimate the length of a day on Jupiter. The answer? Bacon. What? And then the next question was give a reason for your answer. Bacon is always the answer. (laughs) Clearly not aspiring to uh, much of a career. Steve is driving his car, he is traveling at 60 feet per second and the speed limit is 40 miles per hour is steve speeding i used to hate these kinds of um, story problems i hated these anyway uh, he says he could find out by checking his speedometer <laughs> instead of doing the math he just refers to steve as an adult who should look at the speedometer and he could tell for himself whether or not he's exceeding the speed limit he's traveling at 60 feet per second and the speed limit is 40 miles per hour is steve speeding well he could check his thermometer i thought those were pretty uh, pretty cute although i think it probably caused the teacher's head to explode to get these kinds of answers which probably pretty typical with kids these days well an alabama man who called a wrecker service asked to have a, tw- a 70-ton crane pulled out of the woods is now charged with stealing the heavy machinery I'm not sure how he thought he was going to get away with it. The owner of a towing service contacted the uh, sheriff's office on Monday, saying the man had called, claiming um, someone gave him a crane and he wanted it removed so that he could sell it for scrap. Well, the record service uh, owner recalled uh, moving the same crane a few years before and contacted its owner, who denied having given it away. The towing operator then called law enforcement. The man who wanted the crane moved fled before officers arrived, driving the rig into a ditch where it became stuck. He was going to steal a 70 ton crane and try to sell it for scrap. Clearly he's one of these kids who had answered on the test. Some off answer. I don't know. All right. We're going to take a break. We've got news and traffic coming up at the top of the hour. And in our second hour, the Christian outlook outlook, Theologian Carl Truman about the pending confirmation of soon-to-be, at that time, Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. I suppose it still applies because she's not uh, sworn in yet. We'll hear from Michael Youssef on the cultural and sexual revolution and pressures uh, that have been um, placed on certain segments of the professing church. And Bob Bernie will talk about pending pro-abortion legislation in several states. That's coming up on The Christian Outlook.
1: Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast.